0: This is the BBC.
1: This podcast is supported by advertising outside the UK.
2: BBC Sounds. Music, radio, podcasts. Hello, I'm Anita Arnind and thank you for downloading BBC Radio 4's Any Answers, the sister programme to any questions. Welcome to Any Answers. So this week saw millions of people take to the streets as part of a climate change protest. I wonder, were you with them, in body, in spirit, or were you against what they are doing and how they are doing it? You might have heard in the news bulletin that there is disruption around the port of Dover. Climate change activists have taken to streets around there. So just let me know what you think. I'm particularly keen to hear from you if you are one of the people who took time off from school or a parent of a child who took time uh, from school to strike. Are you worried by what you've seen on the streets either? Which way? Do get in touch 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Uh, This is a very long weekend for members of the British Supreme Court as they continue to deliberate uh, now with deep divisions in our country and with David Cameron revealing that he might have encouraged the Queen to Partially raise an eyebrow. I wonder whether you are worried or you think it's necessary for the Queen to be drawn into politics. We can talk about Welsh farmers in particular, we can talk about the agricultural sector in general. How will it do if we leave the EU? We can talk about the Union. Has Brexit broken us once and for all? And if you'd like to see the law changed to accommodate trans and non binary people better, how should it change or should it change at all? 03700 100 444, the number. Email answers at bbc.co.uk or you can tweet us using the hashtag BBCAQ. Uh, by far the greatest number of you want to talk about climate change, so very happy to do that. Kirsty Thomas calling from Durham. You are our first caller. Hello. Hello, yes. Um, I want
3: to say how uh, very impressed I was by the... It responds all over the world uh, to the call by um, uh, uh, the, 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 the all-out strike for students and the wider community. I live in Durham City, and we had a fantastic demonstration in the marketplace with all ages in the lovely sunshine. We even had a choir. So I thought it was the most magnificent outpouring of concern for the climate worldwide. I never remember, and I am elderly. I never remember a demonstration like this that was so moving and so uplifting. So I was absolutely flabbergasted by the contribution of David Davis to the uh, question, uh, for the first question on any questions just recently that we've heard on the radio. Mm. I couldn't believe that he was so reactionary and uh, so critical and so scornful. Of what this outpouring of concern expressed, and the fantastic contribution by Greta Thunberg in leading it, really. Um, So, yes, I I was quite amazed by his...
2: Yeah, for those who might just be joining us, the David Davis you refer to is the Conservative MP, Chair of Welsh Affairs Select, the Welsh Affairs Select Committee. And he was saying, look, this isn't where the problem lies. Uh, What you're arguing for if you push the deadlines that we've already set for this country is a fall in living standards for people here and that just won't wash, in a nutshell. Um, And he also said that he didn't think this was the way to go about it. I've got an email here. I just want to get your response to this, Kirsty. It's from Jack Cox, who says, The sad fact is that a huge number of people will stop listening if protesters repeat the silly mistake they made on Friday. As a lifelong environmentalist with a degree in environmental science, I was really upset when I heard climate change protesters chanting to destroy countries and national borders. He says that uh, globalists have hijacked the movement and so it's losing credibility and this is not the way to win friends and influence people. Kirsty, what do you say about that? Well,
3: I don't think that's at all true. I think that we've got to work together uh, um, as a global community on these issues. After all, if there's one issue that concerns the whole world, it's the future of our planet. And I mean, I know that the the issues are incredibly complicated and there are many ways in which we can address this. Uh, The demonstrations that we had on Saturday uh, are one way of of expressing it. Sorry, Friday, Friday, yesterday, are one way of expressing it. But we have to have many different approaches. We've got to lobby our local MPs. We've got to lobby our local local authorities to, to put in strategies where we live so that we get sustainable transport, that we get people out of their cars that we reduce pollution there 's so many so many issues but this is one way of the world expressing as a world community that this is our only home and mm. that there is no planet B as the young people say on their placards okay. so I, I just find that uh, that argument very fallacious okay very very thread
2: thank you very much um, for your call oh three seven hundred one hundred four 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 this is an email from uh, somebody called pixie who is seventeen years old. And she has written to say, again, commenting about David Davis's contribution to Any Questions this week. Um, It says, I'm 17 years old and I clearly have a better understanding of climate change than the MP David Davis. If politicians like David Davis on Any Questions cannot be bothered to get the names of climate organisations right, we are called Extinction Rebellion and Youth Strike for Climate, for your information, then they don't have the right to discuss the futures of climate or young people of the young people it will affect your facts are incorrect You very clearly present the ignorance, disrespect and poor understanding many people have of the effects of climate change and it's heartbreaking to see the little care given by the current Parliament. No wonder the youth of today have lost faith in the government to deal with this crisis. Perhaps you should leave the politics to people who actually know what they're talking about and have the capacity to put words in the right order. And uh, Pixie March is writing from Bristol. If you are somebody who joined the march, if you are somebody who is... Uh, at school tell me how it was to get time off school is your school behind you or not if you're a teacher and your class was empty on friday get in touch d is calling us from boston in lincolnshire hello d
4: hello yes um how delighted i am with your the words of your first caller i'm in complete agreement with her i'm in my 70s but 25 years ago um, I was writing to um, politicians and um, petroleum companies, phoning petroleum companies, trying to get um, some cooperation with regard to alternatives to, for example, the internal combustion engine um, and things like that. And um, basically, I was just laughed at um, Most of the things that have been said recently by, uh, I'm just an ordinary person, um, but uh, most of the things that have been said recently by climate change experts and professors of this and that I've been listening to on my radio and television, and I've thought, my God, you know, this is like an echo chamber. Um, I was trying to say these things 25 years ago, things Mm -hmm. about carbon sequestration Growing more trees and and uh, trying to protect the climate. Um through less global warming, of, of finding a substitute for the internal combustion engine yeah. and so on so, and so forth. So as
2: somebody, as somebody who has been concerned with this for some time and as somebody who, um, as you say, you've been actively involved in wa- waving a flag and trying to draw attention well, to I this issue... Well, I was trying issue. to do it anonymously, yeah. but... Um, OK, but well, I'm just asking you, do you feel that there is a change in the tide right now when you look at the pictures that we've seen on our screens? Well, or I... is this just, you know, this is... Is it sort of more marching out of desperation than anticipation? Do you think things will actually change in the near future?
4: Well, I, I hope to God that things will change. Um, I'm disabled and I use a car, but but um, you know, if if I could swap that vehicle for a hydrogen fuel cell or a battery car today, I would do it. Mm. Um, I, I sincerely hope that this was that this is a, a change for the good. Okay. But, as I pointed out to your um, person on the telephone earlier, yeah. a, a global warming is just that. It's global, obviously. Mm-hmm. And when you get, um, for example, um, the, the much-vaunted Chinese uh, who, who have been uh, you know, built up recently in the media about how green they're going and all the rest of it, still building coal-fired power stations outside of China, for example, in Serbia, uh, and then you get a country like Greece, for example, which is in the EU and is bathed in sunshine for most of the time and yet gets uh, about 80 to 90% of its domestic energy from burning the filthiest form of coal imaginable. Okay. All right. Now, that's the sort of thing we're up against. Okay. And it, it, we have to set an example in this mm. country, but we have to act quickly. And okay, I, I'm right with uh, uh, Greta and these youngsters, even though I'm in my 70s, I'm, I'm just slightly concerned that the way they word some of their uh, um, outputs, it m- might lead to a little bit of intergenerational conflict. Oh, really?
2: Well, like what? So what, what posters and banners well, uh, have you seen that you offend know, you? There,
4: there have been words mm. to the effect that, um, you know, older generations have sat on their hands and done nothing. Um, um, Obviously, you know, these youngsters have got the Internet at their command and they're able to coordinate their actions on a global basis, which is wonderful from, from this aspect yeah. of things. But, I, if, you know, if if Greta Thunberg and her colleagues are, are listening, I would say, please don't tar us all with the same brush. There were people two decades and a half ago who were, were struggling with politicians mm. and petroleum companies trying
2: to okay. get people to listen D, grateful for your call, thank you very much indeed 03700 100444 um, you know, two very different schools of thought coming through on this um, somebody on Twitter who calls themselves uh, the Ireland why are innocent children being used like this? They're too young to be involved, most of them don't even understand what they are protesting about uh, another one here from somebody called uh, Thus Tweets Me. It is a sad indictment of our society that children have to go on protest because adults can't get together and agree on a way not to destroy our own planet. O three seven hundred one hundred four four four. John Tottenham is calling us from Sandwich. Hello. John, are you there? Hello, John. John is not there. Let's try somebody else. Uh, Dennis Sherwood, are you there?
0: I am. Hi,
2: Anita. Hi, Dennis. Lovely to talk to you. Um, What did you want to say?
0: Yeah, um, I'd like to thank the protesters for their energy, their commitment, and their courage. And as we all know, the key focus is to put pressure on the government to reduce emissions or reduce emissions more quickly. I'd like to suggest to the protesters that they pressure for something else too to pressure the government to fund an Apollo style research project drawing together scientists, engineers, technologists to develop methods to suck greenhouse gases in general, carbon dioxide in particular, back out of the atmosphere mm-hmm. using technical means. That will fundamentally solve climate change crisis.
2: Okay Dennis if anybody is working in that field, tell me how close are we to developing some kind of solution to that carbon capture and removal is what Dennis is talking about 03700 100444 I was calling into the wilderness, John Tottenham in Sandwich, are you there now?
5: Yeah, I'm
2: here. Brilliant, okay what did you want to say?
5: So I think the government has to listen to the people and commit to a net zero emissions t- target by 2030 as climate scientists say that only by globally reaching this target can we be sure of avoiding the worst effects of climate change. Mm-hmm. And the government chief scientist said subsidies should be the method to nudge us towards low carbon alternatives, like subsidies for free-range meat, which is roughly as half as polluting as battery meat, or trains. Mm-hmm. Um, or the other option is you could tax flights or even seafood like carbon intensive mussels and prawns as a kilogram of prawns causes roughly five times the emissions of a kilogram of sea fish but and also the advantage of taxing um flights or or promoting trains is that it's actually more expensive to travel on a train than to take a domestic flight which is ridiculous really we're on the continent it's a lot cheaper to travel by train so i think the government really has to take some some action and actually put its Either put money into these industries, or you know it will be less popular. But, yeah. but taxing certain things.
2: Okay, but uh, but so so you, I mean, you are talking about encouraging with with mm. cash incentives or, or reducing the price of mm. of the good option as you as you yeah. would regard it. Yeah. What about? Course. I mean, there are those in uh, the extinction rebellion movement who want change faster, and they want penalties as as well as inducements to behave. Properly, as they would say. So, so what about yeah. that?
5: Well, I definitely think companies that are making a lot of profit out of, you know, selling fossil fuels or things like that, and have done that for a while, you know, should should have penalties if they if they do things that are illegal, or should have, you know, so things like taxation. I mean. <laughs>
2: I don't think, you know, we can't... So big companies to one side, I think, you know, they are far enough removed for people to say, yes, the big companies, let's go for them. But what about about individuals who choose to fly, say, more than once a year?
5: Um, Well, I think, I mean, you can do things like you can carbon offset your flight. Yeah. So you can pay a bit of money, obviously, to plant trees, which isn't the ideal thing it's better not to fly, but we have to accept that people you know so, no, we're going what, to want...
2: yeah but so but what about penalizing people you you wouldn't go that far at all
5: um i wouldn't i wouldn't go far as do you mean like monetarily yeah like just say taxes, you know make well. make
2: the second flight so the first flight that you can take in is just one suggestion that i know i 've seen yeah. being floated around that mm-hmm. you are you sort of almost have a a number of air miles that you're entitled to. So you have you know, you can you can do a, a a reasonable price for one flight a year, but if you take more than one flight a year, then it will be exponentially uh, more expensive to yeah. do so.
5: I mean, if you increase the price I don't think that's a problem. If you ban it, I think that's a problem, you know, because obviously people are in different situations. Um, But definitely, you know, you can kind of tinker with the the economy um, to an extent.
2: Okay, All right, John. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, Yeah, I suppose that's the question. At the moment, most people are are sympathising with the Extinction Rebellion and the climate change protesters. But but then how far would you go to change the tide, the direction of travel? Um, Jill Hughes-Wilson is calling us. Now, this is a place that was on the news just a a little while ago. Um, You're near Dover, is that right?
6: Yeah I, I I live in Sandwich in fact I know John Tottenham Oh how well.
2: oh gosh well, it's like friends reunited um, yes, yes yes other social networks do also exist yes. so Jules, t- tell me what what is your opinion so so John was saying look he's all for this uh, there are certain other tweaks he would like to see what do you say
6: Yes I mean I I accept that extinction rebellion has a point but what they're doing is they're blockading Dover at the moment Causing all tailbacks all the way up uh, the up Jubilee Way and the, the the roads going into Dover, which is causing traffic pollution. So surely that's against everything they they stand for. I find extraordinary that they can't see that uh, the irony of it.
2: What what would you have them do?
6: Well, they don't have to. Uh, blockading Dover is not is not the answer. Uh, they they can. What are they trying to say? That we've all got to stop travelling,
2: or well, travel Perhaps a lot less. Are trying to get
6: to holidays, yeah. and and uh, of course people go over to Europe to work. Mm. And uh, I don't think this particular um, uh, blockading is helpful.
2: So, I mean, if you are from Extinction Rebellion or one of these uh, groups that have been um, taken to the streets on Friday, please do get in touch. Uh, but I would suppose if somebody were to call out what they would say is if we hadn't done this in Dover we wouldn't be on the news and you wouldn't be talking about it
6: no but that isn't it. that surely they have you see the irony of what they're doing is causing more pollution which they say they're against hmm.
2: but in the short term fine it is doing that but in the long term it may affect greater change
6: Maybe, maybe I, I think that they're, they're in danger of uh, a backlash.
2: But okay, oh, that, well, that that is interesting. So you are you are broadly supportive, but just it's turning you against yes, against them. Is that right? I
6: went to a meeting where John John Tottenham uh, and I were at a meeting on Monday about this climate change, and uh, we were asked to, to go along uh, to uh, form a, a group here. And to do something, you know, to what? Well, in my opinion, what we should be doing is making protest in various ways, right on our doorstep. We have a huge biomass plant just along the road from here, where hundreds and hundreds of of logs or, you know, tree trunks are being brought in, which are then going to be pulped and burnt. Now, what I hear is that. You, the trees uh, are what capture the carbon mm. and cutting down trees and burning the, tr- the wood is causing carbon, uh, you know, ca- carbon, we're mm. releasing carbon. Mm. How, how how sensible is that? Okay. Jill, thank I you very much. I have a real problem. Yeah. I think we should, what I, I'm, I'm going to suggest is that we should protest. Be, be protesting to the biomass plant and asking them how they can justify that. Okay. Uh, and and th- doing things on our doorstep talking to the um to Dover district and the recycling plant about burning uh yep. our, our waste which is a huge amount
2: yes so you 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 made that point very clearly yes. thank you very much Jill uh just uh yes the the whole of the um My screen is lit up with tweets and texts now. Let me just read some of these to you. Mike from Cheshire. I want to see proof that these climate activists are living long-term without cars, without central heating, uh, as proof that the rest of us can do this too. Uh, Another one here uh, from Anne, who says she's 55 years old. Young people think the government solves everything. No, folks, it's us, the citizens. Young people forget the smartphones, social media, fast fashion, Chinese goods, and start building your own local communities. Life was better 25 years ago, says Anne. Uh, Luke says, I think kids protesting climate change is a fantastic thing. Uh, This is the salty language that Luke uses, but forgive me, we're adults here. Sod them being in school, says Luke. One day would make no difference in the grand scheme of things, but a widespread protest just might. Uh, John says we can listen to the science, but unless we engage with the social, political and economic dimensions, no change will be adequate. Uh, Let's take another call on this. Majid Siadat is calling us from Newcastle. Hi, Majid. Hello Anita. Hi, what did you want to say?
7: Yeah, so um, I hear from uh, local councillors that our local school, which has a motto saying create your future, has actually uh, expelled the head boy for taking part in the uh, protest.
2: Mm, don't name and the school because they're not here to defend themselves. Uh, I but wait, here, that's let's, fine, yeah, yes, we won't uh-huh. mention
7: them. Okay. And um, it just seems incredible to me. I mean, I heard an email earlier on say that Young people don't understand these things or, yeah. or, or whatever. And I, I've met plenty of 16-, 15-, 17-year-olds who understand these things much better than many adults. Um, I think we should be encouraging them to think for themselves and act for themselves. And um, taking punitive measures is really unhelpful.
2: OK, <coughs> OK. Sorry. But then those who are ringing us from places like Dover, we had a, an impassioned mm-hmm. caller saying, look, I'm, I'm broadly, I am supportive. But what this is doing, the kind of uh, inconvenience and pollution these activists are causing, this is not helpful. What do you say to them?
1: I actually think the
7: arguments over tactics are are complete red herring. In any kind of protest movement, you will get a range of tactics. I may disagree with some of them or agree with some of them, but at the end of the day, the important thing is that we're drawing attention to it, and I see it working because... You know, political parties are changing their policies. And even David Davis, who who was very scathing about the whole thing, he's actually then coming out and saying, oh, yes, the Conservatives are planning this. If it wasn't for this kind of protest... The Conservatives wouldn't be doing anything. and I doubt if Labour and Liberal Democrats would be doing anything either.
2: Okay, thank you very much for your call. Uh, Edward has uh, got in touch. Here in the UK, our local councils are not taking um, this seriously. Certain cartons, for example, which can't be recycled, need separate skips, and these skips aren't being provided by all councils. Maximilian says it is inspiring that the world's children are gathering momentum in this protest against climate change. It's a shame that the global business community is taking no notice whatsoever and are unlikely to. Why? Because profit before everything else. Dick Barton says the public, yes, you, have caused the problem with your jetting about fancy cars, insatiable desire for new films, eating avocados, replacing phones every five minutes and discontent with the simple life. This is what's caused the climate emergency... I had nothing to do with it. Uh, Paul Freestone is calling from Oxford. And then I know there are some of you who want to talk about the Queen and, and the constitutional crisis that is facing this country. So we will we will move on to that. And if there are enough of you who want to talk about climate still, so we might come back to it. But, Paul, for now, what do you want to say?
0: There were lots of comments about protecting meat and dairy industries last night. But these... These foods are an absolutely key problem in this whole issue. The environmental damage caused by them is absolutely staggering. And if the average person who is concerned with climate change, they have to, they have to consider what, what, what they eat as a key, as a key part of this.
2: Mm. So, I mean, you you heard uh, Minette Batters saying, "Look, you know, we 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 do produce carbon, but we also are the receptacle by which carbon is taken out of the atmosphere."
0: Uh, this so, is a very um... dubious policy that's been constructed by the NFU, that um, it's correct that the that the land. Of- obviously acts as a carbon sink but it's totally outdone by all the all the environmental damage caused by sheep and cows which mm. are ruminants and they're pumping out methane now we know every new environmental report that comes out such as from the ipcc they're highlighting meat and dairy as a key problem so they're trying to counteract this by coming up with with as i say very very spurious claims
2: well okay let, let's uh, let's say that you know Following your arguments to its conclusion, would you see the end of these industries altogether? And what would you have these people do? I mean, there are, there are, there are families, there are um, communities, there are great swathes of the country that depend on this kind of farming. What are you saying to them?
0: Well, I mean, remember that obviously they're very keen on the EU because they get massive subsidies. I think that we have to simply, uh, we are just saying, that we have to recognise the fact that they are that, that producing these foods, is, uh, the way it's done, is totally unsustainable. Okay,
2: but what would, you say to the, what would you say to the cattle farmer or the sheep farmer who's listening right now and is listening to you, um, you know, saying that you, you care about the environment, you care about the planet, do you not care about them?
0: Of course, they care about. So, that. so what should I mean, they be doing The world instead. is changing. We have to. We have. To, they have to uh, understand that this is a key problem. when we then have to change policies, and also we, then the way that people as individuals respond. So, if you, uh, for example, uh, if if the average person eats meat, fish, dairy, if you switch to a vegan diet, you'll cut your carbon footprint mm. instantly by fifty percent.
2: Oh, yeah, but you're, yeah, but but you're not talking to the sheep farmer and the cattle farmer. I mean, I've just talked directly to somebody who's working okay. on those farms right now. They're listening to you, Paul.
0: Right. Well, first of all, what they're doing is completely immoral. Uh, this is uh, These are industries that are dependent upon slaughter, cruelty and suffering. Mm-hmm. So we, we need to move away from that as okay. well. So,
2: so find something else to do.
0: Well, this is about producing food in sustainable ways. Meat and dairy is totally unsustainable. Okay,
2: Paul. All right, thank you very much. Uh, A couple more on this. Uh, With regard to the topic of climate change and Brexit, says Valerie Blowers, I think these two things should be discussed together. We need to continue to favour trade with the EU, our largest trading partner, other than with far-flung places around the globe. The reason's simple. Fewer air and ship miles from Europe, so less emissions. Uh, And this one here, what seems to have been widely unrealised is that to avoid climate catastrophe we need to abandon consumer capitalism. Doing your bit involves a lot more than simply taking your own bag to the supermarket. Being carbon free does not mean a diminution of living standards, it means different standards of living. One which means a more commutarian and less consumption driven way of life. Why do right wing politicians equate a high standard of living with high consumption? That's from John Blower. Uh, EJ Fassett is calling us from Abingdon and EJ you're 17 i understand we have got permission from your parents to speak to you so that's a good thing what did you want to talk to us about
1: well i wanted to talk on the topic of climate change and the fact that we had the global strike for climate yesterday i think it represents a turning point in how people view climate change because adults who had never even talked to me about it before were suddenly attending so i think that people nowadays care and that people will be way more willing to make the changes needed than they would have been even just a year ago.
2: You know there are people who say um, EJ you don't understand the arguments you're too young you're idealistic this is not realistic what do you say to them?
1: Well I think that they're very patronizing when they say that sort of thing just because I'm 17 it doesn't mean that I cannot read because I did read the IPCC report and I found it very scary what we're at risk of Uh, It makes me angry when people act like, just because of my age, I don't know about this subject. Because, yes, I'm not as trained as a climate scientist, but neither are the majority of the people making these arguments against me. We are all in this together. We are all at risk. So it doesn't matter about my age, because I can see clearly that we are in danger. Are you going to win? I mean, I hope so, because the other option is unthinkable either we will die or our quality of life will be extremely diminished. We have to win because if we don't, I don't even want to think about the consequences.
2: EJ, thank you very much for calling. 03700 100 444 is the number to call. Just very briefly, uh, it is towards the end of the programme, I'm sorry about this, but we've had some very passionate callers on, on climate today. The Queen being dragged into a constitutional crisis. Uh, discussed David Cameron said um, he'd prevailed upon her to partially raise an eyebrow to help him out in the Brexit debate. Stenet Kirby and William Snowden both calling today on this matter. Stenet, what did you want to say?
5: Well, the Queen never allows herself to be dragged into party politics. When Jeremy Corbyn and others wrote to her recently to ask for a meeting about the Prime Minister's intentions, she would have routinely replied that she acts on the advice of her ministers. We know from what her 13 Prime Ministers have said about their meetings with her, that she expresses her views in private. In other words, she will always have her private views, but mm-hmm. usually we will know them. She does keep a diary, of course.
2: Yes, of course we she does, we, but, but, we, but should she, should she remain that? We know that's historically what's happened, but is it time, let me just bring William Snowden into this, is it time, William, that we, we, we encourage her to come off the fence or just out of that neutral zone, out of the constitutional place that she's always been in, say, say something, tell us what we should do?
4: She's the head, the dignified head of the Constitution. She knows her role better than politicians. Um, she would never enter the political debate because that's not the role of the Constitution monarch. And there's no greater authority on the principles of the British Constitution than the Majesty the Queen. She's its embodiment. So I think, you know, you've got to remember she personifies, because of her age and uh, background, uh, traditional values on her duty service to the nation. She's not concerned with image mm. and ego. She hasn't got a book to promote, so she's not making provocative <laughs> remarks She you are publicity.
2: Stanley, you're, um, you're, you're, you're laughing your uh, support. Well, that, well
5: I'm laughing because I think um, uh, poor David Cameron, you have to wait a bit longer for the garter. I mean, that's what I suspect. You
2: know? Okay. All right. Listen, both of you, thank, thank, thank you very, very much indeed. And sorry we had so little time to talk to you. Could have talked to you for a lot longer. That is all we have for you this week. Same time next time. I hope you enjoyed this edition of Any Answers. Don't forget, if you want to hear any questions or you'd like to invite the programme to your venue, then please go to the BBC Radio 4 website and search for Any Questions. I'm Anita Arnand. Thank you for listening.